0: Welcome to Three Devs and a Maybe, the podcast series for beginner web developers and general web enthusiasts. Now introducing your show hosts, Michael Budd, Fraser Hart, Lewis Keynes, and Ed Mann.
1: Hello, yes. sweet world, and welcome to Three Devs and a Maybe. Uh, we've got a two-man pod today, or this afternoon. It's a lovely sunny day on a Tuesday in spring. I think it's summer now. We can call it summer now, I guess.
0: Oh, wow. You've made it awkward because you've re-put me on the spot. I have no idea when is it, summer technically ends. I know. Again. That's what
1: I, I was trying to, Is it when British Standard? I don't know. So, yeah, anyway. I know is it's there a s-
0: date-time function that you can call to check?
1: I think there's one in Java, but uh, obviously there's a new oh, one, actually, in Java 8. Book. You new one in Java eight. They cleaned up the API. Um, so yeah, uh, that actually is pretty good segue into what we're actually going to be talking about today. It's just uh, well, no. Firstly, I should probably say it's me, Ed. You know, you can probably know my voice, and we've got Mickey B. Uh, he's, he's just waved. Uh, it's just us two, so it's going to be very weird. Um,
0: it's been you know, a while since it's been just the two of us.
1: Just the two of us. Uh, there's a song that we probably to sing. Um, he's wearing an awesome t shirt that I think we may have to get a screenshot of and put in the show notes. But
0: hey, at least I'm not naked this time. I mean, that's
1: true. That... You know, Phil did love it. Oh, dude. He did. He did. Um,
0: Big supporter of the nudity thing. Yeah. He, he, he,
1: he was either that or he was very scared. So he thought we would go along with it just to make sure you never actually tried to hug him or anything. <laughs> you know? oh, I dear. have to say,
0: man, I enjoyed your, uh, your podcast the other day. I was oh, thank on, you. Uh, thank so you. I wasn't was there, but whatever. <laughs> no. I think. I
1: say, oh dear, a lot. Like it already winner. <laughs> oh dear, I already said it like three times now.
0: I really enjoyed it. I mean, I understood maybe half of it, but um, yeah, your your mate Paul. Right? Yeah, Paul. Yeah. Paul about Clever guy. No I know. Talk.
1: I know. I've been conv- trying to convince him to come on. For- fortunately, he did. And actually, I think he's he's actually up for doing a couple more. So we're we'll trying to yeah. you know nail him down.
0: I like the fact that he spends most of his spare time just slagging off my brown website.
1: Um, it, it does seem like even today there was a, he tweeted me the uh, way back machine. I was like, you have to tweet that to Mickey. <laughs> um, and yeah, so for for the listeners, uh, Mickey has updated his website, because um, of the yes. barrage of abuse uh, that yes. had gone his way, uh, since Joe mentioned the brown website. <laughs> uh, and obviously Paul has carried on this barrage of abuse, though it wasn't really, I think it was more the fact that. You're such a good designer. The, ir- <laughs> you know, the irony of it, of you know. But ha- how is your design going, actually?
0: Uh, well, you need to uh, message uh, Jason because I think he said he's going to get something to me, but I've not had any figures yet. But I uh, uh, see uh,
1: slackers. These designers, you know, these designers oh, are just slackers.
0: I'm hoping you'll get to meet him on Thursday at the big meetup.
1: I oh, know. Looking- well, we're not sure when this is actually going to be released, but
0: yes, good, uh, point. good point. What
1: Thursday is it? It's Thursday the nineteenth. Yes. Um, yeah, in Maidstone. So either it, either we, I don't think it would be before, but afterwards, we can now say already <laughs> sorry probably for what Ed did uh, when he was drunk. You know, yeah. he shouldn't have taken off his clothes. Um, and I Mickey, imagine you'll
0: get some fight over. PHP, there will not be out.
1: classic ASP. There'll be some weird like yes. dynamic, static yes. languages. Undoubtedly, there'll be that. Then there'll yes. be the WordPress because you know how much you know you love yes. WordPress and commerce oh. platforms like Magento. So yeah, it's going to be very interesting. And also the England games on. So hopefully the three lines are doing well, but I doubt it.
0: Yeah, I mean this could be. Very weird because we're actually going to release this podcast at some unknown time. We we thought we'd get a few recorded so that if there's any weeks we can't do, that we'll have something to fall back on. So it might be that this is released in 2017 or something.
1: And I'm I'm actually pegging on that because we yeah. are so good at you know each week at being able to.
0: This show matures with time. I we, think. It's,
1: like, it's like
0: like a fine wine. But, uh, yeah. But uh, I would say to everyone, come along to the big meetup, but we don't know when this is going to go out. So So, uh, I
1: hope you did come along. And if you didn't, you suck. Um,
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
1: But yeah. So I I suppose probably best not to go into how's your week been, because seeing as we're probably going to do another podcast tomorrow, which is one going to be released tomorrow. uh, Very true. Can I just
0: mention one thing, though, which I don't think will matter whether it's mentioned now or 2020. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, I know you've had a little bit of experience, I don't know, recently, but kind of open source media players I, I mean i i've never really found one that i thought was brilliantly done like there doesn't seem to be the
1: de facto does there there's a couple that people uh, always mention but not one that I, i've had that before because we had that didn't we in our that project we were working on together where we had to kind of
0: yeah crank i just feel like they, place a, they uh, kind of fall down a bit with the documentation like i'm not saying that the plugins themselves are bad i think they're they're pretty good but for me, like I've not found one where I thought, oh, this documentation is amazing, really good. But again, you know, it's kind of thing, if anyone has got a uh, something they would recommend to me, please let me know. Obviously, not JPlayer, because I've played with JPlayer. And, You've got, uh, what's... You got JPlayer
1: currently on your site, haven't you?
0: Yeah, and again, it's really good. I have no complaints, but like a couple of things that I did, like I didn't end up finding out how to do it for the documentation. I just kind of had to look under the hood and do certain source. things. There yeah. you go. Hey, isn't yeah. the
1: source meant to be documentation, though? All that, you know, the <laughs> PHP core sources the documentation. I think that yeah. was Ben Ramsey, wasn't it? I kind of <laughs> half agree it. with it, but I was thinking, uh, yeah. yeah, you do need higher level documentation.
0: Uh, yes, yeah, I, I agree. But I did like your quote today, though, which I then tweeted, what was it? Uh Every language has the capability yeah, yeah. of being evil. Yeah,
1: <laughs> every programming language can be used for evil. <laughs> uh, it? Yeah, yeah. It's like, it is so true though, because it's um interesting to see like um and this is again topical with you assume you, you a lot of people hate on PHP and we're gonna you, we go into that every week pretty much when yeah, there's yeah. A, another, you know, oh yeah, yeah, they hate on it, blah blah blah. Um I you know, you think to yourself, so what you're gonna do is you're gonna start off in PHP and then you're gonna run away to a real language in quotes. Or something. <laughs> but yeah. really it's not the language that's the problem. like not the language that defines the you know what you do i mean you know of course there are specific languages that are better for certain things and stuff. Mm. but it's how you use it you know i mean in any language you can do unit testing you know really if you do it well it'll be a nicer code base to look after so, you know so say like even if you're working in something say like scala you know like yeah. oh, i really want to work on a scala project that makes me clever in quotes or closure mm. or erlang where well, you can write bad code in all these languages i know it may be harder in certain languages to write bad or worse code but yes
0: I think mean, you hit the nail on the head there because I had a very similar conversation with a colleague at lunch today, and you're absolutely right that yeah, any language can produce horrific code given you know the right programmer or the wrong programmer. But um, I guess there's certain languages that lend themselves to producing better code. I mean, you always make the point about you know the being forced to conform to standards with Python, which you know I can't re really agree disagree with because I've not done enough of this stuff in Python. But I again, I was saying to a guy today, he was like, "Oh, should I learn PHP first? Should I learn Java first? And I was like, "Well, I would learn Java first because I think you'll pick up less bad habits." But I appreciate that you know, to someone like you know Phil Sturgeon who we had on the other, other week, and you know, and like we always gone about uh, PHP the right way. Well, if you learn PHP the right way, then there's no reason to pick up those bad habits. But left your own devices, I think you could go down a, a bad path potentially. I think absolutely. But I guess you could do Java. And- Old, yeah yeah.
1: Old, 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 yeah and and that's the thing like you can write bad java code and bad c sharp code and bad you know other code it's like yeah, yeah it's how you know it's what you employ it's yourself you know your set your own disciplines and stuff
0: um, i guess i was going to say maybe for me with java there's a lot more things that kind of the compiler will stop you from doing certain bad things you know um but then you know you've got You've got things that throw exceptions in, in PHP where you, you have to make sure you, you're dealing with it.
1: I think, I think with like, uh, Java, we're going to go on to this, like with, with yes. Java um, and like C, because they are primarily an object oriented language, everything is based 100% on being OO. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's a wrong or right thing. I actually, probably I do think more of it as being more of a, not wrong, not wrong to kind of assume that we always need to use OO. Um, yeah. and I think, you know, cause we had Phil on last week and he was talking about, you know, that, that a lot of, there's a lot of negativity in the PHP core to our kind of principles, like bringing that in, like we don't want to be the next Java. Um, you know, I don't think of it like that. I think of it the right tool for the job, yeah. you know, sometimes yeah. a script, you know, is great, you know, sometimes functions are great, you know, sometimes, you know, a functional way is a good way to do it. Um, tackling it in that way. Um, yeah. And I do like the way that Python and PHP do it, where you are able just to make simple scripts, but you are also able to make classes, you know, and, you know, build up namespaces and stuff like that. So I think it kind of gives you the best of both worlds in that. And I think also Scala does that as well, where it has a scripting side of it as well, where you can just yeah. write simple scripts. Um, but yeah, we're kind of diverging on that. I suppose. We are. So listeners, We me and Mickey thought, we thought to ourselves, why not, you know, just have a little discussion about Java and C Sharp. and uh, pretty much ramble for a bit.
0: I should probably explain as well for anyone who doesn't know me or has listened to this podcast before, that basically I instantly hate anything that I don't understand or have never played with before. It's called
1: the Mickey effect, or the Mickey principle. It's basically
0: the Norbner in me. just—it's
1: I hate you, I hate everything about you, and I can't believe you've made me do this.
0: So naturally, c net I hate them because I've never used it. And, and I'm that's gonna completely try and justified. Him. I, yeah, yeah, completely
1: justified. And but I'm going to try and convince him. Um, that'll be the
0: format of the podcast, I think. So,
1: <laughs> Mickey hates C-sharp. Dot, yes. dot, dot, that should be the, the title. The sequel, I mean, yeah. yeah. Mickey yeah. H- Oh, God, that'll be good for SEO, you know. <laughs> yeah, the haters, absolutely. you know. Oh, dear. Anywho, but yeah, so Mickey, um, let's yep. talk. So uh, the listeners do know, you know, that you've uh, obviously doing a master's course. And this is your probably your first foray into Java.
0: Yeah, yeah. How absolutely.
1: has this year been with Java? How have you enjoyed it? Um because I, I suppose primarily you were your PHP background. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean that that was the only real language I really knew and, and then, you know, classic ASP like uh like Lou as well, I guess. Um so I I think I started learning Java a little bit before I started my masters. Uh, I was doing a little bit with you. Um we kind of went for a book together and again, like really frustrating at the beginning trying to understand thing and just and i guess the the first thing i would pick out is you know when you've got this kind of thing like string cheese equals new string you think what, what? why <laughs> it just makes no sense why would i need to do that it's just and then you think oh it'd be so much nicer in p- pitch p but actually over time i've grown to really love that that kind of format it's just so strict and you know exactly what's going on it's i don't know it's just it, i guess it seems like overkill to some but to me i I think more strictness the better, actually. And like you say, I've been doing my masters for a year now and um, pretty much everything I've done has been in Java. So um yeah, I
1: They're very much a Java shop though, aren't they, at the Uni of Kent, um well, and stuff. So they
0: It's just like the universal language of programming, isn't it? It's like English and you know, uh, it's like a business. I mean, the universal yeah.
1: programming in is Lisp. I mean, that's the. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: I don't mind Lisp.
1: I don't mind Lisp. I like closure. Sorry, guys. Sorry, Lisp people. Your dialects are lovely.
0: Um, yeah. So no, I, I I mean, as you know, I was banging about Java, but again, it's only because it's one of the few languages that I know. So uh, naturally, now I know it. I I do love it. Uh, so that's so, a, so for yeah. the
1: audi- audience. What is Java like at a fundamental level?
0: Oh. I've <laughs> put,
1: put you on the spot there, haven't I?
0: You really have. Yeah. Um, um It's so with PHP obviously it's a scripting language that um basically gets interpreted when it's executed. Um with Java you've got a it's a compiled language that basically you write your code and then you compile it. And it, it compiles down to machine code, bytecode, whatever you want to call it.
1: It's a statically typed language, isn't it? Mm, um, yeah. You know, where uh, in case of PHP, it's dynamic. Where uh, what with the difference between static and dynamic is, you when you define, say, we've got a a string as you were talking about, you know, and we yeah. say you, you define that this variable is a string, and for its whole life, it will always be a string. So the data type is actually on the variable, and then you put inside there obviously the string itself. With a dynamic language. Uh, Variables don't actually have a type associated with it it's the actual value itself as the type, which allows you then to say instead you know like maybe we've got foo equal cheese um, you know string foo equal cheese in Java saying like that foo you know foo, the string uh, the str- the food to variable is a string and always will be a string, so you can only put in strings in that or yeah. in uh, the language like phP it's foo's just a variable where you can chuck in any data type so you could put in cheese, you could put in one, you could put in anything you like. Um, because the actual data type is stored with the value instead of it being stored in the variable. True. At like yeah. a underlining kind of sad level. Um, and as you're saying, like it's the, the the nice thing. Java Java came around um, in the 90s. Um, actually, uh, finally, I remember this from when I was like at uni. It came around because they they wanted to make a language for desktop, uh, not desktop for TVs or something, set top boxes, something hmm. or like that. That was initially kind of where it wanted to go. That. That's, yeah, weird. Yeah. And um, the idea was they wanted to make a language that, th- there was C, there's C++, they wanted to make a language that didn't, uh, you know, hinder the developer, you know, so you didn't have the common pitfalls that happened in all those languages, such as memory issues and allocation and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, like being able to run it anywhere. I mean, the whole idea with Java's thing, which didn't really work out, but was write once, run, everywhere, run anywhere. Um, and that, as you were talking about bytecode, is where it comes from with the JVM, the Java Virtual Machine. So that the way they go about that is that you have um, you have your, you write your code in Java, you use the Java compiler that compiles it down to an intermediate code called bytecode. And that isn't dependent on any platform, but it's dependent on the JVM. And then the JVM runs that bytecode and then actually then converts it into the instruction set for your specific system. Uh, And that's a great way of doing it because then you're able to run an application in theory. There's a couple of differences, but when they're not really differences, but stuff like GUI stuff that you need to take into consideration. But, you know, you can run it. I can write something on the Mac OS X and then, you know, Paul could run it on his Linux box and then Mickey could run it on his Windows box because he's a Windows guy. (laughs) um but yeah Yeah. so that that's kind of like uh, and yes it's static it's object orientated at at a fundamental level whereby you can't actually run anything without it being an object
0: what about primitives are they they still objects uh oh no 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 so
1: so actually so what i mean sorry is um you can't just run it write a script okay all right it has to be in an object and you have to create a new instance of it and all that funky stuff and it has to have a main and all that but yeah that actually moves on well so that's Java. Uh, mm. and, it, and, you know, it was all the buzz in the 90s because it was a great idea, isn't it? You know, this idea that we're going to save developers from having all these pitfalls. And And actually, there, before that, uh, funny enough, there was other times when they wanted to make dyna- uh, uh, like virtual machines languages in the 80s. But the machines, uh, the, the actual computer machines at that time just weren't power, powerful enough to deal with that kind of extra layer. So in the yeah. 90s was the time when, you know, Java came about and it was able to the machines that we were building and running on were able to actually handle this extra layer with the virtual machine.
0: So why do you, why did Java pick off so well when like people, you know, often talk about how much they love Erlang now, and that's been around what, since like the 70s or something? Uh, yeah, And it's, now it's becoming really popular again now. like, So I think it's
1: more, I think Java is uh, specifically aimed at businesses and corporate yeah. systems um, and that kind of domain um, mm. where, where and I think that's kind of the direction C++ kind of goes in as well. But that's more kind of high performance things. Um, where C is very generic, Java is, a gen- it is, they call it a general programming language, but the, the, the domain and the problems you're solving normally are business orientated. Mm. Um, and stuff like Erlang um came around i think it was the 80s like well, with ericsson wasn't it i think they built that yeah, you know, built the system. yeah and nowadays it's coming very popular because of the fact that we're distributing and like your parallel uh, you know course that you've done you know that distribution yeah. you know we can't we can't vertically scale anymore we have to horizontally do it uh we've reached that you know moore's law and all that funky stuff so we have to kind of spread out our our you know performance and everything now so yeah that's then coming into play and immutability and functional stuff and that that kind mm-hmm. of fun jazz um but I think the JVM is one of those things which is just beautiful machine. I think there's a couple, and, and I, I I can't remember the article, so this could be just hearsay, but I remember reading somewhere where someone was able to write code in C, straight C, and also write code in the JVM, but the JVM outperformed straight C.
0: Wow. That's... And I think
1: that's to do with like, because the JVM is able to do, uh, that's another thing, garbage collection. So the yes. garbage collection was one of the great things about the JVM and jo- mm. so so that's another thing to probably say is we, we kind of say JVM and Java and we mix them up and we kind of assume that they're the same yeah. thing. Uh, are they the same thing, there, Mickey?
0: The Java Virtual Machine and Java? No.
1: <laughs> so yeah, so True so yeah, yeah, yeah. So so what is what are the differences? What is, what what? But where can you say where Java starts and where the JVM starts?
0: So Java is the language and the the, the virtual machine is. Uh, the, the runtime pretty yeah, much yeah exactly yeah sorry yeah. about
1: this i am just but i'm That's just fine. like I, I just chuck you these things
0: i'm like and I'm it's just... fine i actually just feel a bit out of practice because i haven't actually um programmed in java for probably two three months now since it's my last it's coursework secretly, secretly it's... a php lover and a Java <laughs> hater. so basically how how quick you can actually uh forget things like synthetically actually but um uh, yeah, nice. Yeah, exactly. I think mean, you just nailed it with your uh, description there.
1: Yeah, so you see, So the Java is the language, um, and then yeah. the JVM is what it actually runs the bytecode. And the great thing about that separation, though, is then it allows for competition in the language space. Because you're going to have other languages that run on the JVM, such as and Scala the, and Clojure.
0: The JVM that basically allows, like what you were talking about before, is like... Uh, code once and run anywhere basically
1: that's it. absolutely good. once it's in byte code there's a load of languages that once you write in byte once it's a byte code then it's interpreted yeah. by the jvm
0: in fact i think i've seen a good diagram before where it's like almost like an onion diagram where you've got like the the os and then the jvm sits on top of the os and basically kind of um does the communication between the, the two basically
1: oh that's cool I'll, I'll definitely try and put that in the show i'll notes. do it
0: yeah i'll have a dig through because i've pretty got it in my lecture notes somewhere but uh yeah I, but it's very cool i mean as you you well know um one of the uh the guys who's one of my lecturers he's you know i think really involved in the the garbage collection side of things the king of garbage um, collection yeah <laughs> exactly so uh yeah quite lucky to have him at, at, at kent which is a very so, cool
1: topic in itself actually because obviously garbage collection then allows you to be a little bit more happiness with your it allows you shouldn't be you should still care about memory allocation and stuff but it allows you to kind of take a Again, focusing on the business problem, which is what you care about. You know, obviously, if you're going to want performant applications, you can use the JPM. It's still very good, but you're going to have to do it in a certain way. But also, then you're probably going to go down into lower languages such as C and C plus plus to still solve gonna, those problems.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, I mean, I'm not, you know, show myself as a complete noob here, but um, obviously, as someone who's not reprogrammed in C much, I take it that's the kind of thing you have to take care of yourself if you're programming in C you have to make sure you do all the memory cleanup and Every, all the
1: rest. And memory allocation, yeah, it's everything you allocate on the heap, you have to then get rid of and stuff like that. Um the night uh, the J- I must make
0: debugging a a, a nightmare. It,
1: that that's when you get yeah, you get your kind of when well, you get you you kind of you know you get your memory out and stuff so you're kind of going to other people's memory accidentally and stuff like that overflow yeah. and stuff so a lot of these problems happen and, and that's because again what the, the, i think uh, one thing i had when i was starting to program was i i didn't start off with i started off with um well pascal and delphi which were quite high level and um also then java and then i was looking at i i'm like oh you know i'm not a real programmer because i don't code in c you know and then you look at c and you're like well actually i understand that as well and and all these all these languages have a reason for being like there's a reason why java's around and it's a higher level you know there's like people will mock you saying oh you can't deal with it without jar- a garbage collection but then if you think about it like well you know if you wanted to write the same bit of code in straight c it will be unwieldy and ridiculous there's a reason why mm. you want to use something like java because you're able to tackle that problem which is as complex in different areas but yeah. in a better way but oh oh sorry
0: oh no sorry i was just gonna say just going back to something we were talking about about five minutes ago i was trying to think of the word it was really embarrassing but um, we were talking about static and uh, dynamic data types and because really i'm thinking of something like a, a polymorphic variable say like a human and then a farmer is a human and blah 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 i was you know cutting kind of my lectures taught you know they're dynamic variables because they can be of multiple types and obviously polymorphism means of of many types or something like that doesn't it that's I guess that's a little bit confusing, I guess, but um, I mean, I know exactly what you're saying, but I, I suppose,
1: mean, we... I suppose it. So what, what, what that means is that, um, so you're going to have in, in the C sharp world, I suppose actually, yeah, you, you have things called value types, they're yeah. called primitives in Java and you have reference types, which are like your objects. Um, yeah. and objects. So really, there's only one type called object, really. Well, it's not really because they're abstract data types afterwards with human and stuff like that. But yeah. in essence, say that I want a human, then that's an interface. Um, yeah. Or not an interface, more like that's a base class. And then, you know, I've got Bob and he equals actually, you know, an uh, uh, admin user. Why well, would you have a human? Yeah. And, and <laughs> now, he, he, that still works and he's still actually an admin user, but you only the projected view of him. I like yeah. that view of a it. There was a, a, a video series I listened to, and it was like a cool way of thinking about it. Think about like that, when you're saying that I want to be, a look at me as a human, it's the projected view of you at that yeah. time. So you're still the same thing, but you only show yourself as being human at that time. Yeah. So then of course, if you go into another data type and you say, now you want to now assign what was, you know, my admin user, yeah, who's now human, but then putting him back into an admin user you can, but you have to use casting and all that horrible stuff, which no yeah. one likes <laughs> at all. Um, sorry, yeah. So that's Java. Uh, yes. Did you
0: want? To, I know you you often slag off Java, and, and you always refer to autoboxing. boxing. Did you want to uh, no, talk uh, well, about why? You, I have got why I've you got, hate that. So uh, no, I, I haven't. I haven't got
1: no. I haven't got hate for that. Um, <laughs> it's not also. It's that's just you know obviously something because that's what c sharp does as well but yeah so i i did java three years at university and stuff and I, I you know it's a great language and it is the jvm platform's great uh but then i looked at like scala and i do feel that they've kind of again they've had the opportunity to correct bits that were wrong in java you know so you know what i mean mm-hmm. like scala comes along and all it they almost have a unified type system uh so that's actually the first thing i'd like to talk about so uh mm-hmm. so c sharp um is another like we, we're kind of very going you know crazy here, but it's good to have a little <laughs> rant. It's fun to have a little run. are going all over the place. Um, yeah. C sharp is almost so you could kind of <laughs> you could kind of look at it as a like for like replacement as Java, yes. almost like they are kind of trying to compete for the same thing. They're, They're trying to solve the, the legal battles and stuff. <laughs> They're trying to solve the same problem. Uh, obviously, one's lit really from Microsoft, though it is open source and it's an ECMA standard. So there is open source bits to it, you know, like the compiler now open source and stuff. So they are being nicer about that. Uh, and then you've got Java, which obviously is always open source, but it's now owned by Oracle and no one likes Oracle. Um, just, really? letting, you they're going to be our sponsor. Oh, you know. yeah. It's, yeah.
0: That. It's like easy. Stop slagging off big corporate <laughs> Yeah. Microsoft
1: sucks. Google, <laughs> you suck. Um, God, Won't be working the, for them in a the few yeah, Thanks, ah, There goes my career.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> But, uh, yes, yeah, so, see, they, they're kind of, you can think of them. And C sharp, there is a reason why it's called C sharp. Now, do you know why it's called C sharp?
0: Oh, uh, I know it wasn't its original name, but I don't know why it's called C sharp. No, you, well, you, uh, you come
1: from a mathemat- uh, well, from a musical background, so you know, obviously, C sharp, sharp actual, and flat. Yeah. But, um, the actual C science, because so,
0: it's part of the C family yeah, kind of syntax. But C,
1: so it's a clever thing. If you actually look at C sharp, so you know the way that, um, the sharp symbol actually is like, so we use uh, we use um, a hash symbol sometimes to it, but if you have the actual a legit, well actually both of them, but you yeah. can see that it's actually plus 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 plus. If you cut up the hash,
0: oh uh, oh yeah. Now I
1: don't know whether it's actually a reason why they did that, but yeah, it's quite a cool way to look at it. So it's actually C plus 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 plus, so it's double the fun.
0: I never knew that. Wow, that's, that's quite amazing. a cool little thing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah.
1: So C sharp, uh, which can again be a pain to Google sometimes because obviously they have use a hash instead. So you, sometimes you call it with the actual name sharp, or sometimes you do with the hash, or sometimes you do it with the actual, you know, the C sharp sign or the sharp sign. Sorry, but anyway, I don't know. C um, So C-sharp, they do the exact same thing. Uh, instead of JVM, uh, C sharp code or C sharp runs on the .Net uh framework or uh, platform they're uh, using the common language runtime uh they use uh, in, interpreter they use their own cli uh yeah that's an infrastructure for it but it's interpreted code um like byte code similar to that um and they have other languages on their platform you can get um i think you well, you can do vb.net you can do f sharp those are languages that are actually owned by microsoft
0: F Sharp is that a functional language? Yeah, I remember. it's like
1: it's a very hardcore functional language. It's pretty cool, um, and and mm. they're they're like run by good old Microsoft. So uh, they're the three, the big three, and then okay. you have, but they they really do go down kind of the C Sharp route being the .NET framework. You want to use it for, um, but yeah. So yeah, I think I think we've kind of had a little bit of a. I, I, I've got a couple of things I'd like to talk about. Reasons Please. why you should have a look into C Sharp.
0: Well, my main uh, issue, I know we've talked about this off there, but m- the main thing that will put me off, and I know you're going to say this isn't the case, but my main issue would be the setup process. I would kind of feel a bit like, oh, man, what do I need to do? Um, I mean, ha- how hard is that?
1: So it is is a—it is obviously a Microsoft product. So <laughs> if you use a Windows machine, it's a lot easier to kind of do yeah. stuff. Than, you know, You've got Visual Studio. I mean, for free, you can get a Visual Studio Setup Express version and start playing around with it. Yeah. So it's not costing you big bucks, but there is a project called Mono, um, and that allows you to run up to I think four code, so version dot the .NET framework up to four um, dot on you know Linux boxes or Mac OS X boxes, and that's actually a uh, there's a there's a new thing called uh, ASP.NET dot VNext, which is yeah. the idea that using taking out saying like only the bits that we care about for .NET uh, for ASP.NET, i mean, be able to package them up and actually run them on a Linux box or on a Mac macOS box as well.
0: I just kind of imagine that would be quite, quite slow. Because they, I'm oh, well, they've, been to, been...
1: they've been able to—they've been able to, uh, like, I think, cut it down to like 13 megabytes or something stupid, like wow. the bits that they only need. Yeah, like without all the other funky stuff that you need for like web forms and all this. Yeah, so it's quite. So it runs quite smoothly then. I think so. I th- I haven't. I haven't. D- but that's like their new initiative to try and make ASP.NET more relevant, which I think they should actually because that's another thing like. I do like ASP.NET. I think they've got a win there. Um,
0: but I remember, like um, you know, a, a company we won't name, but somewhere we used to work, like they used to get like lots of free software, didn't they? Just for um, using Windows or Microsoft products, didn't they? Yeah, I mean,
1: you're able to kind of uh, join their like development kind of group thing, and yeah, yeah, kind of um, generics, generics. So. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, well, I, I try to I try. I don't know whether we should go into what a generic is, or if we just assume that people know what a generic is. Like,
0: uh, we should probably mention it. I guess. So, what is a generic? You're going to put me on the spot. Aren't you? I know this is the oh,
1: thing. I don't mean I to. I was. I
0: should have was... programmed in Java for like half an hour before I came on. Uh, okay, so generics. Um, so um, let's take an example in Java. Probably the same in C sharp. But say we, you've got many, many types of objects that. Um, that basically are a type of collection. You've got a collection class and there's loads of other things that basically extend that. Or uh yeah, wait, well, mainly extend. And so you've got things like an array list, which is very, very common. And I believe at once upon a time, like speaking to my uh, my good friend Nick McDowell about this and other people, that at once upon a time array an array list you would just actually put in any type of objects that you wanted to yeah
1: so that the way it which... would work you just it, it would assume that it's an object of because the yeah. base type, so oh that's a, oh damn it we've completely gone off track with other things but yeah so yeah
0: so basically it would allow anything that was of type of object well
1: well that no, so it because you wouldn't have generic because you wouldn't be able to yeah. specify because i think the idea yeah. so it's about generalizing things um yes and it's actually taken from the functional world of you know, trying to reuse stuff. You know, so yeah. as you were saying, like with your collection, you know, like you have an array list. Yes. Um, now, if I want an array list of users, I'd have to make a yeah. new array list. You know, yeah. class an a, a actual concrete class of it to be able to yeah. do it. With generics, you're able to say, actually, here's a placeholder. Use this when you want to create this instance. Yeah. Um, but I... yeah, you so you could in, uh, initially, I think up to I don't know, it's 1.1 or something. You could only use, it would be object always. So you'd have to cast so you would actually cast it down to an object, assuming that you've just got an object in there, and then you'd have to cast it back.
0: Yeah. It's just it's ingrained in my head because my mad German lecturer, not implying that all Germans are mad, I'm just saying my mad German lecturer would always go on about you've got this bucket and you put loads of dead hedgehogs in it and then you ah, take out a dead oh was, every single week. Like, Very, his example was I, I suppose you dead hedgehogs. It. You remember I like, it, I suppose. What is his hobby? What, what does this guy do? But yeah, no, it did serve purpose. So I never ever forget uh, uh, it. Uh, yeah, and have nightmares about it. That's it yeah, for the so, wrong
1: reasons. But yeah, so yeah. Um, generics came about to solve that problem. Of look, we shouldn't have to always go down to the base class of being an object. Yeah, um, we should be able to define, you know, what I want in here, and you have compile time. Um, so it was compile time checking as well, because obviously casting is a runtime thing, where yeah. literally you're saying, "Don't worry about it, compiler. I know what I'm doing." Um so if you compile yeah. say 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 for instance we had a use we have a a user's array list back in the day mm. now I know, and you know we only want to have users in here, yes, so how do you make sure that people don't only put users in there because there's not actually any compile time thing to say that because if everything's an object, everything is an object great it's you know it goes by that command, mm. you know so I'm so, guessing
0: defensive programming you could, is have, this you could of type. Yeah. so you'd yeah. have
1: you'd have what you'd normally do is have like a method that would check the instance type and then add it else it would throw an exception but that's a lot of work yeah. um and that's a lot of user work and it's a lot of you know run type you know things so what yeah i say generic solved that problem by saying look here's a placeholder when i you know i i want a you know this user and then at compile time and also at runtime, we'll make sure to check to make sure that you're actually still running
0: yeah and i i'm I like generics. I'm quite happy with it, especially, I mean, I don't reuse it, but uh, diamond notation, right, which has made it a little bit cleaner to do.
1: Oh, yeah, like Java 7, you can then not have to type, because that's another thing with verbosity with Java and C Sharp. C Sharp kind of gets away from it a little bit. But actually, Mm -hmm. uh, there was an interesting thing with um, C Sharp and Java, that I know, is that, so C Sharp, when it actually generates the uh, generics, it actually generates the the code, so when uh, when the class is loaded at runtime, it generates that actual code. But with but because Java does type erasure, so yeah. in the JVM, like it actually erases the types for some reason, which is really yeah. really, really really annoying. Like with yeah. languages like Java, it uh, with Scala, it gets a bit of pain. I've uh, got so
0: bitten by that. Yeah, yeah it's very off. annoying.
1: Um, so yeah. the, uh, so the Java methods loses the run type information, so it needs to cast. So it actually does do the cast and has to do the check every time yeah. at runtime when you're doing it. So it's still doing the same. Thing, but it's doing it under the hood instead, which obviously hurts performance. Yeah. Um. So yeah, but that that's like an implementation detail, really. Um, yeah. I I do like. I don't know why type I don't like type erasure. I like the idea of still knowing what type it was even after compiling.
0: Yeah, I must admit, I I agree with that. To be honest with you, that sounds like a much better way. So,
1: I think this is a sh- this part of the show is the bit. Then I'm going to mention unified type mm-hmm. system. Tell me more. So, Java's type system, do you care to uh, explain it? You know, the differences between primitives and reference types and all that fun
0: stuff. (laughs) Oh, man, I think you've exhausted all my Java knowledge. Uh, So, primitive types, pretty much the same as what we've talked about in other weeks. Uh, Things like uh, integer, uh, not to be confused with integer a capital I, Um, but, yeah, integer... um, in Java, string is not a primitive, so I can't say that. Uh, Boolean, uh doubles, I'm, I'm yeah, string it too. Right, Double, right. yeah, float. doubles. You got big, yeah. yeah
1: We're well, not big, in, yeah, but you've got these primitives yeah. which are ints, yeah, floats, yeah, like yeah, those type yeah. of things. And and the thing about primitive types are and they're called value types in C sharp are that they're actually stored as is. um They're stored actually in the on the stack or in the heap as is. I think actually right. on the stack, more as is. So you're actually yeah. getting with a reference type or an object, it's actually storing a pointer to an object.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
1: that's why I kind of like, I do like C sharp's way of thinking of it. Like a value type has the value with it. A reference type is just a refer, it refers to something else. Yeah. So I like that kind of definition. Um, yeah. And so, yes, yeah, so that's got, and with Java, you can't actually create your own value types. Yeah. Or your own, primitive types because obviously they're primitive you know yeah with uh good old c sharp you can you use something called really? a struct you can actually make like in c you can actually make and build up your own ones right uh, and they all they all still uh go by the rule that they uh, inherit from object so technically everything's an object in c sharp
0: so sorry i'm just struggling to uh conceptualize this but so obviously like something like an array list in java you Put something into the array list, but it's actually just storing a reference to that object in the array list.
1: So yeah, so, so you, say you've got an array list, and that's stored. The array list is stored on the heap, and then yeah. obviously its link is also stored in the heap. Yes. Yeah.
0: In C sharp.
1: So in C sharp, it's the same thing. But what you can do is you can say, I want an array, like a fixed array yeah. of say a data type that I want to make. Say we want a user data type or value yeah. type, and I want to make it a value type. I don't want to make it a actual um, class. I want to make it because you use this for performance stuff. Yeah. Where, you know, like having it there and then you, you don't care about the fact that it's going to cater up a bit of memory. You want it yeah. as quick as possible. Yeah. Uh, and then you can build up and compose this structure, maybe with a user and it has, they have a name or well, they don't have a name. Maybe they just have a na- like an age or something like that or a type. Yeah. And you can actually include methods, but then what that does is actually stores it there and then in that place, not a reference to it.
0: Right. Okay.
1: So it's a, it's a performance type thing. Um, but mm. it's quite a cool thing because then it means then if you make any, if you, if you add anything to the object class, yeah, you can actually. Then it affects all value types and reference types, mm. which is pretty darn cool. Um, but yeah, yeah, so yeah, so it, I mean it, it, that that's one thing I did when I first kind of because touched upon um, good old uh, C sharp was I was like, oh, that's quite cool that they actually did, and I, they solved you know that problem by making it look like that. Um, now, yeah, how do I then? So you can't with 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 these languages, you can't actually store say in a in an array. So I want an array list. Can hmm. I store objects or reference types? Oh no, sorry. Can I store primitives in a in an
0: array list? No, you cannot. No. Uh. Okay. So you'd have to cast it, right? Uh. I oh, no, or, auto, It comes to your lovely, method. It would add it, but it would add it of the the class type integer. Um, so yeah.
1: So all the primitives have their own uh, um like related. So integer yeah. is int. Yeah. And that's the object equivalent or the reference type equivalent of it. And yeah. Auto boxing is like this kind of implicit conversion that happens, but it's quite similar, exactly the same to C sharp actually, where it's quite an expensive operation because, in a sense, what you're doing is then creating a, bra- from that primitive, you're having to make a reference type on the heap as well that then has to, you know, goes and does all its funky stuff probably just for a couple of methods or something so it is quite a, a you know like a performant thing well not a performant thing but more of a like a detri degrading thing um yeah but yeah so that that's auto boxing and i do joke about it a lot with mickey um but <laughs> only because yeah no the one thing i do like scala gets it right where everything's an object base from any this this value not any it's called you know like from this base again but under the covers how it deals with it uh with the jvm is it says look you're an integer you'll be born performant as being a primitive integer. So it uses its intelligence to know that it should, this should be a primitive integer instead of the actual integer or object. So, you know, Java could get this as well if they wanted it. Mm. Um, but it just chose to do auto boxing, <laughs> weird stuff. Um, exceptions. Mm. Now, uh, in Java, there's two types of exceptions, isn't there? There's checked and unchecked.
0: Yeah, runtime exceptions and yeah.
1: So carefully for the users, the audience, because we did do an episode on. I'm just putting you on the spot <laughs> all did. the time, we aren't really I? I've been really mean.
0: No, not at all. I should know these things like the back of my hands, but I think my brain's just fried from a long year of studying. Okay, so, uh, right, checked exceptions are ones that are checked at, at compilation time. Is that right? And, uh, yeah, basically we'll go over your code and check that you're doing the right thing. So if you've got um, something that throws an exception, you'll, you'll be forced, basically, you won't compile until you you manage and that exception try uh catch it basically. Can you give Deal an example with
1: it. like of an exception like that in, in Java?
0: Ooh okay. Uh um, like
1: IO exception, like there's one, you know, file not found kind of exceptions. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's uh, any,
1: anything that actually inherits from exception or the base exception class yeah. is ones that are uh checked exceptions, meaning that you have to yeah. check them and make sure that, you know, for it to compile.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Whereas um something like a a runtime exception that's something that you you can't really predict um
1: so a, a one like that would be like the divide by zero yeah,
0: uh, yeah a, and certainly. that's
1: an unchecked one where you don't have to specify you could if you wanted to have it you know handle it but it doesn't yeah. the compiler doesn't complain to you um, yeah. if i was to tell you that c sharp doesn't actually have uh checked exceptions everything's unchecked
0: i wouldn't like that i like like the strictness i like having
1: the uh, policeman it's like c++ in that sense where yeah
0: um
1: you don't have to specify you know every because it's because it's uh, they're all unchecked you you can specify if you want but it doesn't enforce you to have to do it um i agree with you though i think certain things you do want to be checked like a file not Mm -hmm. found and and oracle actually sums it up pretty good in java's position i've got a quote it says um, is if a client can reasonably uh, reasonably be expected to recover from an exception, make it checked, uh, make it an checked exception. Stuff like you know, file not found. Okay, well, I use a default file, or just have a pop up box saying, please can you specify another file? But if a client cannot do anything to recover from an exception, make it unchecked, such as the divide by zero. You know, yeah. it's like well, we've divided by zero, we can't really do that. So bang, and they're the one time ones.
0: Like one of my lecturers one time said, uh, I think he was talking about, uh, I can't remember what language he was talking about, but he was saying in this language it was hard to get something to compile because you know, the language is so strict but it said the benefit of that is that when you're when you do compile you're so confident your program will run nicely and
1: i think that's actually kind of uh one thing we both agree on is that compiled languages are beautiful for that shape, yeah that that extra step the confirmation step, step with types type theory type category theory all this fun stuff that we do you know yeah it it allows you, it's like Haskell, you know, like it's a pure language, it's it's a type, you know, deals with types and type categories and type classes. But then as you say, like, you've got much more confidence in your code that once you've compiled it, you can be pretty certain that it's going to run the way you want it to run. Yeah. Um, yeah. A, a lot more than interpreted where you just have to, pretty much it's the whole REPL loop, isn't it? Read, evaluate, print loop, you know, where you're just checking it all the time, kind of making sure it works that way. It's yeah. an extra step. Um yeah. There's there's one thing in Java Seven I don't know if you've used. It's called uh, automatic resource management, and essentially I was
0: just looking at that. I've never heard of it. And, and
1: essentially, all that is is like it's a try uh, try with resource block. So it allows you ah, to say try. Yes, I've seen this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So like you know, try and then create you know a a buffer reader or something. Yeah. Do something with it, and it will automatically dispose uh, dispose of it afterwards yeah because that's one thing that can be a pain, isn't it? You've got your try block you know you open up in, in you know this was before Java seven, so you open up the you know the buffer reader, yeah, uh, you do some stuff, you have a catch saying, "Oh you know well, something goes wrong, you know, do whatever you need to do for your debug log it, and finally you have to close the stuff. Um, a yeah. lot of people do sometimes forget bad practice is to forget to close stuff uh, even in languages <laughs> that deal with all your memory management for you you know you need to with these resources external resources you do need to close them and stuff so um, yeah. with this it kind of provides that sugar on top where you can try and you know with this resource and it will handle all the closing for you um, I did actually find a um, li- a library that um, now name escapes me oh that's it it's called projectlombok.org and it actually provides like a couple of cool the um, uh, uh, b- 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 cool annotations. So annotations are similar to what we have in PHP, where well, we, we copied them from Java, uh, nice. which allow <laughs> you to annotate the code using like Java doc type things and being able to then, you know, pretty much rewrite the code um, or do certain things based on that. Um, and what this allows then you to do is it allows you to... Um, it allows you then to... Um, yeah, it provides you, it, it re- rewrites it, sorry, and then gives you like the t- try and the close block and everything like that and provides you with a similar thing, but with versions lo- older than Java 7. Um, there, uh, There is actually the similar thing came in uh, before with C Sharp and they have the, the statement called using Using. using so it has using and then it, you know that it defines us in that scope so when you're in that those code okay. brackets yep. and then outside of that instance it will be disposed but inside so you say using and then you create you know your file you know or your file buffer reader type thing and you do yeah. it that way so it's a similar thing um and i like that a lot um there is because th- i think there's also um with in javascript which people probably get confused with and with was kind of this really 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 bad idea that you could say with the object of user you know, this user, and I don't want to do certain things quickly so you wouldn't have to keep, you know, saying user dot, blah, 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 user dot, it, that was a bad idea. So don't get those two confused. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so that is our good old uh, automatic resource management. Anything you want to mention in the Java world? like?
0: Well, not Java, actually, but I'd like to segue slightly, if that's okay, because, obviously, I've, I've not played with um, C Sharp.net. But, obviously, one of the things that I probably would be uh quite curious about and obviously I've mentioned before I'm quite a big fan of the uh, the .NET podcast I think those guys are great but also they, they quite sometimes mention things in Visual Basic um uh, not Visual Basic what am I talking about? Oh,
1: Visual Studio
0: Visual Studio thank you yeah that was quite a funny part um, yeah they talk about the tools that you've got on there that help you and I mean I'm quite envious of that I mean what's I mean how would you rate that and so and what does it give you?
1: It gives you so, 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 because they they define the whole stack in a sense. In essence, they really can give you all the tools that you're going to need. Um, Mm. In the Java world, everything's quite, you know, kind of spread out where you've got like Eclipse, you've got NetBeans, you've got JetBrains, you know, and stuff like that. Uh, Really in like this .NET world, you know, Visual Studio is king. Uh, So it has everything you need really to start Mm. off and then kind of you progress through it and everything I found with the the, uh, IDE. It's a really good IDE. Uh, There's a couple of extras as well, like JetBrains do a... Um, is it? Is no JetBrain? Yeah, JetBrain's is the company. Yeah, and then it's yeah. So, uh, so it's called ReSharper, which is kind of like a profile like debugger for uh, Visual uh adds on to .dot NET Framework and everything, which is quite cool. It, See, in my mind, it it
0: it kind of I think of it as like this really bloated piece of software, almost like Dreamweaver, and you're kind of like programming in like Design View or something. It, it's not like it's that.
1: not. It's so awesome. Um, right. You will uh, when you start using it, you do kind of really wish that everything was like this because it just works so really? well yeah it is a really lovely piece of software it doesn't take
0: any of the skill away from the programmer no
1: it, well i mean i suppose you could say it helps it, it, as ides do i think people and yeah. i people have it's like you know if you use an IDE, you're not really a really a geek you know it's like well i know so <laughs> like i know how to do it in a, in a text i just want to do it easier and have make my life yeah. easier because again i'm trying to solve a problem yeah that's bigger than you know another you know, smaller problems i've been doing like. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I think it definitely helps a lot. Um, and obviously, then they have this whole like, it integrates really well, like with the entity framework and stuff like that, which is their own object relational mapper. Yeah. Um, and then they're able to do stuff like, you know, you're able to generate from UML diagrams into and back from and everything. And really, they provide a really good stack for that. Um, mm. It really is kind of like I, people do say Visual Studio is one of the best IDEs out there. And I definitely agree. Really? With Definitely wow. because of the sheer fact that they've had it for, for so long and mm. they control the whole stack it needs to be on, and then they can change it and they do change it, you know, for what we need, like what people I,
0: need. I guess as well. Sorry, you segue in here, but I remember like having this conversation with you, and you know, you were talking about this uh, YouTube video you watched on um, like Bill Gates defending um, you know, paying programmers to build software rather than relying on the open source community. And I guess they've had a lot of paid programmers to build. Um and they do listen,
1: and they do listen to feedback as well. that's one thing I'm quite surprised on like with yeah. Yeah, with all of them like you do hear that like, oh, there was a reason why this came in because you know people yeah. wanted it and stuff so yeah it's quite quite a cool um and
0: it doesn't crash every two seconds no it definitely. doesn't
1: unfortunately it's it's quite so i mean again right. an, if you just want to write c sharp programs uh you don't have to use yeah. you know Visual studio or windows, you could write on the mac os x box or a Linux box or an extroverttive using mono so there is an option to do that and actually there is options to write android apps and um and sorry android and ios apps in c sharp right you know, with, with the mono project it actually have, runs on there so you can use this cool language instead of using java i mean james <laughs> um, <laughs> no but th- there is one cool thing actually i'd like to talk about um following on from that it's called extension methods um tell me more Tell me more. Like, did he have a car? Uh, sorry. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> so, it, in the world of Scala, this, there was this big thing where they kind of did this idea, and it was called Pimp My Library. Yeah. And Pimp My Library does sound really weird, but actually, it makes complete sense to what it does. So, assume you've got a class like User, oh no, actually, the best one I kind of come across is the Link, and we'll we'll, we'll talk about Link in a minute. But like, their use case was Link. So Link Link. Uh, assume now Link it's just uh, so you have your lists and you have a collections class and link then provides you with these extra methods on those things. Now, the way you could go about it, obviously, was they had the default, you know, list, link lists, and stuff like that, and they had all these collections. Now, you could extend that, you know, say this is now a link list instead, you know, and then you'd have to replace all them and stuff like that, and you build up this other class, you know, pretty much structure, but that would be quite messy,
0: Um, and it would
1: be a lot of refactoring for people, and it would be quite confusing to maintain these two branches then of it. Mm -hmm. Um, So the idea of extension methods is... In essence, it allows you to extend and add methods to concrete classes, um, or just to classes. Sorry, um, at runtime or at compile time, you know. Where, so you could say, you know, that I I want, you know. So what what the, what you can do with like the link stuff is say you've got your collection, so I've got my link list. I yeah. really want to use the link stuff. You just say, oh, I want to use System dot Link as well, and it, all all the methods that Link defined actually then are in added extended onto the class. Okay. Um, this allows you then to deal with the problem of, you know, so, you know, like sometimes you don't need to use links, so you don't need to include it. Yeah. And it allows you to have this. I, I think it's easier to kind of see it when you, when you see it, you're like, this is quite cool because it allows yeah. you to build up, decorate. It's decorating really, you know, it's saying, oh, I'd like this bit as well. Because, you know, say, say in the sense of like, um, try to think of a good example, maybe like the, uh, oh yeah, like users. So in some context is with a user, maybe you want them to have methods to, uh, well, to like uh, add images. Mm. Now, do you want them to always have add images? You know, because maybe in another part of the system, they're just a bog standard user. It'd be quite cool to have just the user base class and an extension methods for this user now can add images and you just include that in. And then these these methods are almost compiled in as well with okay. it at that time. Um, probably a really bad example, but that kind of pimping my library allows you to do this, and it's kind of weird <laughs> to be able to. And also you can do this for, and another cool thing is you can do this for any class. So any, and that's another thing, sorry. Any class, say like the string class or the integers or, you know, value, because because obviously in C-sharp, they're all base class of object, even if you're value type or thing. Say now integers, I want to have a dot times method for some reason, you know, and I can pass it in with dot times and then, you know, another number. Um obviously you could extend integer and have your this is my cool integer, you know, the extent integer, but this way you can actually extend it yourself. So classes that don't belong to you you can then actually include extension methods in. Okay. And decorate these classes with your own stuff. Um there's quite a, quite a few mm. cool kind of like um yeah kind of the ways you can use that.
0: Okay. Yeah. That sounds quite interesting.
1: Um, and then I suppose that kind of goes on to Link. Link
0: Um I feel like I've heard of Link but I don't know yeah
1: it's got a really awful name actually it's called Language Integrated Query right a bit messy um, it was made by this I can't remember his name fully it's Eric something um, and he's very much into the functional stuff uh, he did yeah. actually a course with um, on Coursera a Scala course Reactive uh, Scala I think it was Reactive Programming RP which was pretty cool uh, mm. and so with the invention in C sharp of type inference, and that's another thing actually. So, uh, another thing with Scala I found was, you know, well, with Java, if I define, I want a string, I have to say string foo <laughs> equals, and then the string, you know,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: or array list uh, uh, users equals a new array list. Now that's, you know, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Oh, of course, you know, cause all this duplication of code, um, <laughs> you know, the compiler could infer that itself. And by inference, it means oh, I'm going to make a logical guess that you really want this to obviously be of that type as well. Um, in, J- in Scala, it does it with vowels and vars. Uh, vowels are finals, and then vars are, you know, you can replace the immutable variables. Uh, in Java, you have var. Oh, not sorry, in c sharp, you have var. And you can put, say, oh, this is just a var, and it will know, and it will infer the fact that, you know, that should be that. It's just a nice bit of sugar, you know, syntactic sugar. Um, mm. it also is able to do like, stuff like array type inference so right. stuff like you know would normally you do um, you do the kind of thing like this is real arrays where you do I want int array you know so int and then you do your, your square brackets Yeah. Uh, you, uh, you know numbers equals new int you know brackets and then you'd open up your curly braces and then do all the stuff in Java yeah. you could do var uh, no not Java sorry in C sharp you could do var numbers equals new open and close square brackets and then just supply uh, integers into that actual thing, and it would infer saying, "Oh, I know you're only of that type. I know you've only got those types. I'll make it that."
0: But presumably, it would screw up then if you had different object types in that. Yeah, that array, it, it would you know? know
1: because, and it would be the same thing, exactly the same as what um you know, if if you were to specify it yourself, because it'd be like, well, you started off you know with an integer, but then you're trying to go into say like adding a user. So like, what are yeah. you doing? You know what are you doing? But um mm. yes, yeah, so a link kind of allows you then to use these things with lambdas and stuff it was and provides you kind of this api of being able to manipulate collections in a functional way um and so it's very similar stuff in scala where you have things like mapping so you know you map over and you'll see it in php like array map you know you have an array and you map it over this function or you map this function over this array and you know it converts it. it has these transformation effects yeah. Um. And so with uh, with linked, it kind of go went down the route of database style naming conventions, such as like select where. So say you've got like a collection of users, and you want to say dot where, you know, and then you pass it in a, a lambda, or you could pass it in a method, of actual function. But you know, lambdas are nice because they're just inline, you know, nice, nice looking functions, anonymous functions. And you say look where, and then you say look where dot, you know, and then you say like, uh, you know, the first character is equal to something, and that's a function. And it will you know, provide it with a boolean value, but all this inference is, is, and you'll see. Look at see C- Lincoln. You'll be like, "Well, that's crazy," because now it's looking dynamic, but actually, it's not. It is still typed language. It's just because it's inferring a lot of stuff from the context that you're using it at, which is very cool. Uh, and then you may dot select and then only select, you know, them all in uppercase or something funky. So um, Scala
0: allows you to do similar stuff. with Scala job. allows you to do exact same,
1: mm-hmm. and it does it nicer because Scala's got much better name. Because for some, uh, not for some, I mean. The nice so thing about Link is it, it, it follows the the SQL, the database SQL route, and it yeah. allows you then to do stuff like SQL, a uh, link to SQL. So it allows you then to run these queries, and it actually interprets and creates these SQL queries for you and runs them into the database and stuff, which is quite cool.
0: So it is kind of removing some of the strictness, I guess, which is uh, what not mine. not. Re-
1: well, not really, because it, 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 it's still keeping it, because it, it compile time, mm. it has to be still typed. Yeah, okay, yeah, um, It's just giving the developer an easier life, because yeah. I think mean, looking at all these types can get so confusing. Sometimes it's nice just to have a bit of code, and obviously you can provide it with the types if you want to be more readable um, mm. at that time. Um, yeah, it, it, it yeah, I suppose you, but you could say, yeah, then it, because you, what you're doing then is you're taking away and then it's kind of people have to infer it and implicit, you know, sometimes it's nice to be explicit about something instead of just imply that something happens. Yeah. Um, but then it does provide a really nice kind of efficient way of doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, but, but saying that Java streams does the exact same thing. So in, in, in Java eight, you can yeah. use things, called, these things called streams um, and they're like similar to what you have in Scala streams and they allow you then to do stuff like where and for each and all this stuff on them. So you're doing very similar things to what's happening in the link because mm. Java eight has lambdas as well now. So it provides a nice way of doing it. Um, yeah. And it also has its inference there as well. So now nowadays you can do both. Um, I'll, I'll put in the show notes as a cool if you are a Scala guy or know a little bit of a Scala more or actually even just JavaScript because JavaScript uses a lot with maps and flat mm. maps and. Uh, you know, for each is and, uh, you know, like uh, reduces and all that stuff. Um, there's a cool link I've got which is can, it, com, compa- it compares, you know, the Scala version with the Link version. I do prefer the Scala version, but it's cool that Link, link you know, provides it out of the box, really. And obviously you get the tooling and everything into Visual Studio, which is quite cool. Yeah. Um, and then there's another one actually, which is weird. I, I found this in Scala as well. It's called Operator Overloading. You do it in C as well. Yes. So You can actually overload, like, so in, in something like Scala, um, I suppose actually, no, this is also a case in C++, uh, C sharp as well. In, in uh, I'll talk about it. Yeah. So as everything's an object,
0: yeah. When
1: I say, you know, one plus one, what that actually is doing is the one object, I'm doing dot plus. So I'm actually using the plus on that first one object and supplying as an argument that, that other right. one. Okay. And then in, inside that method of the parameter I've got of it. So I'm overriding the fact that that plus now is special to me. Which is kind of cool because then what it allows you to do is say in the case of like an array, I want to append to an array. Yeah. Now you could do something like, well, if you say plus to me, I know to add those two arrays together. It has context oh, of that. No. But it gives like it in that. a nice way. But then it saves you having to like do dot append or dot add, you know. You can in Scala code. You do see some weird, funky stuff because they you can do this kind of crazy infix stuff. And everything.
0: so you'd have to explicitly say, "Okay, take this operator, and if this if it's used, do this." Or you get certain things out of the box. Um
1: So so some things kind of take advantage of it, but you can actually. Uh, Joe Watkins did it for PHP.
0: Did he? He, he uh, well, wow, I can't criticize that.
1: He uh, he 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 made like the ability to operate uh, operator overload in PHP which is kind of cool, which allows you then to do this. So it, it pretty much, again, it's the whole idea that if it makes sense for your library, um, one of the things actually, sorry, that, that they do go is a, a rational number. Right. So you know, like a fraction, you know, one over two or something yeah. like that. Now, that is a number to me and you. Yes. Uh, and you can yeah. add it, minus it, do all that stuff with it. But obviously, yeah. it's not actually a value type. Uh, you could make it a value type, or it's not, you know, we don't know how to minus it or plus it. So, what you can do is create this, you know, class um, or struct, whatever you want to do with it, and then say, look, if you try and add a number to this, you know, I'm then going to do it. So, it, it allows you then, I think it's being more expressive in your code and being more intent of what you mean. Because I know dot add, you could do dot add, but sometimes it, it makes more sense to be using the actual mathematical add infix of it.
0: Mm. Yeah, I'm not sold on that. Really? But, uh well i don't know um uh, sounds a bit messy to me like it's just giving more potential for abuse but um but isn't that I fun know.
1: we're hackers you know we enjoy it you know it's like <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i guess i'd have to uh, have a play with it before i uh, criticize i guess but i mean the, the one good thing that's come out of this podcast is just you finally admitting that Java's better than c sharp <laughs> i mean that, that's all i <laughs> wait oh, to dear. hear that's all i've been waiting for so i think this
1: has been definitely a ramble podcast um I can't really. Uh, think.
0: I think it's been fairly structured. To be honest with you, I think you, you know, I mean, obviously, you talked quite nicely about C sharp. I didn't know anything about it really, other than you told me syntactically it's quite similar. That's, um, that's one thing I'd like to give.
1: Yeah, if you know Java, then yeah. C sharp getting into it is very similar. Um, other than one thing, their naming conventions are. You know, we use sturdy case where you we're well, not sturdy case. We use camel case where you know that we say like get. You know, get instance, and the lower yeah. g would be a, a lower case. In sure. there, it's, they use sturdy case for everything, so it would be get instance, and it would be capitals. So get would be a capital, you know G. Yeah, it's really weird. I don't like it. It's very VB, but you get used to it. But I don't like it. I, it's I only because it's not what I'm used to. I That's guess it. like, you never know any different. I used to go, you know, I was like, oh, I'm snake case all the way. But then obviously, in <laughs> the PSR standards, they were like, you should use uh, camel case, and I'm like, okay, I'll use camel case, and I got fine with that. Now it's like, oh god, you don't have to use this. So yeah. <laughs> what, I, what I end up doing is just using a bit of both, a bit of everything, sorry, in one thing, you know. So capitals with underscores and maybe a couple of camel cases in there. And it, you know, makes for a mm. good good, set of variables for someone to do, use afterwards.
0: <laughs> I guess I do have one more question, actually. I, I remember um, uh, a guy that was teaching us about Java, uh, one of the lecturers, he, he did say that some of the packages have become quite a mess in Java. Java.util. Util. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Actually, I've got a link actually that I, I, I want to, I want to explain. This is the, in the Java docs, the official thing, what they, they say that the package Java util does. Okay. So this contains the collections framework, legacy collection classes, event model date and time facilities internationalization and miscellaneous utility classes a string tokenizer a number a random number generator and a bit array
0: now i see nothing wrong with that whatsoever i mean definitely
1: separation of concern i mean you definitely are like you know what you know everything we just they really did we all have a util or a functions you know you know we used to back in the day you would have an include with all your functions in and it would just be a, you know, a mess of all the stuff that, you know, <laughs> you just, like, I can't find a way of place for this. Um, yeah. This is kind of what they've done. I, I personally think you should never ever use the word utilities.
0: You or, don't? No, because it
1: will always be, I it's can too always. Too general. Yeah, because I can always put something in it, can I? You know? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I know it's a quite, that's quite a bold claim, you know, but mm. you shouldn't because, you could put anything in utilities. Everything's a utility. I mean, we've just said it. Yeah, yeah, date and time facilities are utility. But to be, but then to be fair, I think actually in the, I think they've cleaned that up in Java eight because um, they've made a better date time class in Java eight. But I don't know. Mm. And I don't like legacy collection libraries. So in utilities, the collection library exists there. You know, like a list and stuff.
0: How do you think it got so out of control then?
1: I, th- you know what? It's the similar thing to why we got needle and haystack, and then we've got str and s. You know, like in PHP. Yeah big projects you know different people's views and it kind of they just gotta get it you know kind of what it is and and i think this is the thing to take away from everything again like uh, when we were talking about before like you know it's not the programming language it's how you use it yeah um but also every programming language is gonna have a war or a problem you know and another program will come out and the reason why you you know because what happens is scala came out after java but it's because yeah. it saw all the stuff that Java did yeah, wrong. In exactly. Nice. So yeah, exactly. You can't really compare like, and say, oh, your right. language is better than mine. It's like, well, we're all trying to help each other to make a better yeah. language.
0: But well, I think where I was leaving my question, though, was uh, in C Sharp, is it a similar case? Because no, they must have had years to got, reflect. Yeah, they've, got,
1: they've got like a collections-like, you know, proper yeah. namespace and everything, which is kind of nice. Um, yeah, yeah. They, they're far more structured in that way. Um, Whereas
0: Java is stuck, basically, with that util Well, that's another thing. I mean,
1: backwards compatibility, isn't it? It always goes down to BC. You can't break it. Once once you've released a pro, especially with something like Java, you can't say, oh, yeah, we're just going to rename this stuff now. It's like, whoa, thousands of millions and billions of pounds is going to be you know wasted or spent now to so have to refactor code
0: legacy okay, i mean could, could you see a way that they could actually deal with that and start to split it up without um screwed up
1: not really legacy. because you you i mean only because now when they obviously when they introduce new things they do it mm. the right way mm. you know so they're like adding in you know so it's like they are saying the legacy collection classes but really they're not legacy, they're not going to be deprecated, but they're the old, you know, like, naming of them and stuff, so you can then, when you add more. I mean, the one thing that we did actually talk about with Phil last week, and this kind of shifts onto PHP, is PHP has a prime, like, they have the greatest opportunity to fix their API, really. Yeah. Um, And there's Dennis in the corner, and I love it. Um, Bless him. (laughs) um and you know it had the prime example because they're able to do this pseudo object thing you know so they're able to kind of say look we actually get to decide now what the namings are yeah so they get the decision at the moment and i don't know where i'm going with that but yeah oh another thing sorry sorry another thing is in c sharp yeah events events are first class citizens so it's weird so you actually have the event keyword yeah so, you know, say like uh, you can fire off events and stuff and you can yeah. say like, oh, some a user was added and yeah. then, you know, you've got your publish subscribe model, you know, so I publish this event and all my subscribers, they get that event. So maybe when my user's um, added, you know, I-, I want it to add it to the, well, I may want to send them an email. So that's an event that gets attached to it, but it, it, they don't know about who's kind of, it's not, it's decoupling those kind of situations. Maybe you want to send an email, maybe you want to log something or etc yeah. or send it off to another API. Uh, in C Sharp, the events are actually a keyword and you can actually include them out of the box. With Java, you have to have another package and stuff to do that. And I think that's another thing with C Sharp and with uh, the .NET framework is they provide you with like an object relational mapper, like Entity Framework out of the box already, which is kind of the de facto one. I know they've got like N Hibernate and like Hibernate in the Java world's kind of their object relational mapper. But
0: mm-hmm. yeah,
1: it's... It's interesting. I, I think you can definitely say that they're both very similar, that that they're both, you know, parallels between the two. Um, yeah. If you ask me what language I would prefer to program in, honestly, I would say C-sharp. Um, yeah. <laughs> I would say C-sharp. Oh, God. I would say C-sharp. <laughs> I almost choked on myself there just thinking about <laughs> yeah. the idea of that. would be No, but um, I would say C-sharp, but only because they've had the opportunity to probably correct some things. And, yeah. But I'm happy to be pre I, I yeah. don't hate any language. Like, I've learnt now don't mm. hate on languages
0: yeah just do it the right way and yeah, yeah
1: and they you know they're there to solve a problem and and don't also another thing I would say don't fall in love with languages like just women just yeah. women. well you know obviously um or men yeah. you know whatever you know yeah, yeah you know or wolves or you know like the berlin wolves Mm -hmm. that i don't really know if we said wolves 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 wolves, yeah like dire wolves and stuff yeah falling over Do
0: not approve of loving wolves in the show (laughs) let's get that out there yeah no love Uh... to
1: animals Um, (laughs) um but yeah so i kind of my kind of two cents on this is really yeah be. Be free and flow with your languages. You know, like you're gonna, yeah. You're going to be, in, you know, this language oh, for a couple of years or yeah. so. Move to another language, try it yes. out. You know, you're yeah. always going to learn. I always found this is one thing I have found. Every language that I've ever looked at, I've learned yeah. something from. I
0: completely agree. I feel like you know I'm a better programmer from learning Java. I mean, I still suck, but I suck less now that I've well, learned no, another but, language.
1: But this is the thing because you learn these new principles, and you can yeah. now see the direction why PHP was going in that direction with object-oriented stuff. Yeah, um, I mean even stuff like classic ASP. You, there's yeah. things that I've learned from it. So, yeah, one of them is not to have case insensitive variables. But you know, <laughs> like that's that's only the negative on it.
0: Well, I'm going to go away this weekend and fix this whole Java util package thing. I'm just going to sort it out of Oracle. They, they've had absolute battering. Go into, go into you
1: know? your IDE right, yeah, and just yeah. Do a refactor, just a uh, full yeah, refactor source. You know, I'm going to
0: put two hours aside. I'm just going to sort it all out, and then uh, and you'll be yeah. golden.
1: Mm. ASP .net
0: Yes, I would
1: love to talk about ASP .net just for five minutes. Sure. Um. So ASP .net, a lot of people hate on it. A lot of people do. A lot of people kind of were when classic ASP kind of died in like O three, because yeah. um, they didn't really. Because uh, that was kind of uh, you could compare that to PHP in a sense. Yeah. You know, in that kind of scripty vein. You know, where PHP now is kind of growing into its own language as well. You know, more structured professional language. Um, you know it still has the roots of that scripting language but so we know three you know people were like oh classic asb's gone and everything and then it was this whole idea that asp.net and that was going to be the thing you know the .net framework and using c sharp or vb.net mm. and this massive bloated in quotes framework now i think the thing about asp.net though and i had these kind of negative like that they, they you know is i really like asp.net i i really do they've got the 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 thing i'd like to say about it is they've got it seems they've got they've got Three specific ways of making web applications uh the one that's very most familiar with is web forms, and that was like kind of their idea that they have view state and all these kind of weird things to be able to mimic the look of like you know we were able to drag and drop Win for uh, uh so web forms in win forms and stuff and being able to you know yeah. make it look like it's a, a, pretty much a desktop application developers could then make web applications yeah. without really any kind of problems, but to be fair. It turns out they're very different beasts, so you know It's <laughs> that didn't really work. Um Yeah. So they're still around, you can do web forms and stuff, but you can also use stuff called web pages and Razor. Now, web pages right. and Razor are exactly the same as what PHP is. You right. can in, in line, you do the same thing. You make scripts the same as you do in PHP. But in, sure. but in yeah. C sharp. But in C sharp. So right. pretty much you could use Webforms and Razor using the C-sharp yeah. language. as a very nice language, exactly yeah. the same way as you would do PHP.
0: Mm. Interesting.
1: Which is very cool. And then obviously they've got their own MVC framework. Yes. Which is cool because then it's the de facto one, obviously. I know there, yeah. is, there is competition, actually. There are other, because there's like an open standard for developing for these things but yeah they, then they have their MVC, so you can use that as well so there's three different ways you can do it you can use the old way web forms you can do web pages for azure if you want quick uh, simple applications or if you've got coming from a php background where you've kind of like that way uh, or you can do MVC, and also then they have the single page applications the spas and they actually provide knockout js out of the box and stuff and sorry another thing is i know um, java they have stuff like maven which is kind of their like uh, dependency manager kind of thing which yeah. is like that, it's kind of like their task kind of, yeah, I think I've got that right. Um, with um, good old ASP, with, with, G, with uh, C sharp, they've got something called NuGet. And that's like our, their composer and their, you know, Ruby gems and stuff like that and NPM. So that's the way you can then deploy packages and use it like that. So you can still do the same thing. Also, another thing is SignalR, which is the, so that's event based programming, uh, similar to Node.js. Okay. Similar to Python's uh, tornado, so you can actually do stuff like asynchronously, and you can do that in Java as well. There are frameworks out there for it. I think Netty does it. You know, like being able to do like these things that you can do. You see that in the Node examples, but again, SignalR. There's one in good old um, ASP .dot NET, and the, <laughs> the thing is, is it's all in one. I, I mean, I know that kind of is a bad thing, but it's actually quite a nice thing to look at to yeah. see. You know, like um, yeah, I, I yeah, I think. I'm. The, I. I. I come by the fact now again. Now that I'm like I. I. I only. I hated on ASP.net Net, mm. uh, because of what other people are saying. Give it a go yeah. yourself, and then have you know have an opinion. You know, like don't be part of the crowd of what is wrong and what is right. You know, because you're gonna like what you like. You know, there's a reason why we all have different likes you know like i enjoy you know my comments being this way someone else enjoys their comments being another way and you know i enjoy two spaces when someone else enjoys four spaces i enjoy tabs versus maybe this that rubbish but you know um yeah there's a reason why people you know choose different things but i would say it's very cool it's very cool
0: can we put a poll on the Free Devs website and people can vote either C Sharp sucks or Java sucks? I think be, I think uh,
1: that'd be pretty cool. Uh
0: interesting. Obviously by the time this podcast gets out, I think it's twenty twenty seventeen
1: will be quite a long time away. So yeah, they won't exist exactly. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear.
0: Yeah. Uh actually I mean yeah, I mean, joking aside, I'd love to have a play of it sometime and probably we'll get you to show me uh, uh some of the features in more depth, but obviously being a soon to be dad, it's quite hard to find the time at the moment. But, uh, I'm only joking when I say C sharp sucks. I really don't know. So, uh, I'd love to give it a go sometime. But, uh, yeah, I think we've kind of explored both. But I, I guess the other thing we should say is, that, I mean, really, we started this podcast off for beginner programmers and we sometimes forget about that straight away. <laughs> Sorry, but, uh, guys. Uh, we just,
1: this episode <laughs> has just been a complete. Yeah. So generics. Why are we talking about generics? Uh...
0: <laughs> but what I would say is that if you know a little bit of PHP, then definitely do not be intimidated by trying a bit of java uh because you know or c sharp or c sharp i mean i would say java because i think the setup process would be slightly easier especially if you're a mac user but then i've not used mono i don't i have no idea but i i would definitely have a play with java um you know especially if you've been doing php in the OO way then you won't find it too far-fetched to uh to get into to be honest with you um but, yeah, give them both a go. And like Ed says, you know, the more languages you learn or just dabble with, you will learn something from each one that you use. So uh, give it a go.
1: Absolutely. I mean, Plus one to that.
0: Yeah. Have well, we covered everything you I wanted think, to? I think
1: so, yeah. So guy, guys have awesome. been great, guys and girls, or just just yeah. a guy today. It was just me and Mickey. Exactly. Um, didn't go and off the rails too much. But, yeah, so yeah. I hope you all have a very good week and goodbye. Yeah.
0: And either Merry Christmas or Happy New Year. Or have a great summer Lord, or something. the
1: apocalypse has happened and we're all dead. <laughs> <And this laughs> Goodbye.
0: <laughs> bye. You've been listening to Three Devs and a Maybe. You can contact us at contact at three devs and a maybe dot com Or follow us on Twitter at the number three devs and a maybe.